Numbers 22. The children of Israel travelled and encamped in the plains of Moab beyond the Jordan at Jericho. Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites, and Moab was very afraid of the people because there were many. Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. Moab said to the elders of Midian, Now this multitude will lick up all that is around us as the ox licks up the grass of the field. Balak, the son of Zippor, was king of Moab at that time. He sent messages to Balaam, the son of Beor, to Pethor, which is by the river, to the land of the children of his people, to call him, saying, Behold, there is a people who came out of Egypt. Behold, they cover the surface of the earth, and they are staying opposite me. Please come now, therefore, and curse this people for me, for they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall prevail, that we may strike them, and that I may drive them out of the land. For I know that he whom you bless is blessed, and he whom you curse is cursed. The elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the rewards of divination in their hand. They came to Balaam and spoke to him the words of Balak. He said to them, Lodge here this night, and I will bring you word again, as Yahweh shall speak to me. The princes of Moab stayed with Balaam. God came to Balaam and said, Who are these men with you? Balaam said to God, Balak the son of Zippor, king of Moab, has said to me, Behold, the people that has come out of Egypt covers the surface of the earth. Now come curse them for me. Perhaps I shall be able to fight out against them and shall drive them out. God said to Balaam, You shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people. They are blessed. Balaam rose up in the morning and said to the princes of Balak, Go to your land, for Yahweh refuses to meet me to go with you. The princes of Moab rose up and they went back to Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. Balak again sent princes more and more honourable than they. They came to Balaam and said to him, Balak the son of Zippor says, Please let nothing hinder you from coming to me, for I will promote you to very great honour, and whatever you say to me I will do. Please come therefore and curse this people for me. Balaam answered the servants of Balak, if Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I can't go beyond the word of Yahweh my God to do less or more. Now therefore, please stay here tonight as well, that I may know what else Yahweh will speak to me. God came to Balaam at night and said to him, If the men have come to call you, rise up, go with them, but only the word which I speak to you, that you shall do. Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his donkey and went with the princes of Moab. God's anger burned because he went, and Yahweh's angel placed him in the way as an adversary against him. Now he was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. The, two, the donkey saw Yahweh's angel standing in the way with his sword drawn in his hand, and the donkey turned out of the path and went into the field. Balaam struck the donkey to turn her into the path. Then Yahweh's angel stood in a narrow path between the vineyards, a wall being on this side and a wall on that side. The donkey saw Yahweh's angel, and she thrust herself to the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. He struck her again. Yahweh's angel went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. 
the donkey saw Yahweh's angel and she lay down under Balaam. Balaam's anger burned and he struck the donkey with his staff. Yahweh opened the mouth of the donkey and she said to Balaam, what have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? Balaam said to the donkey, because you have mocked me, I wish there were a sword in my hand for now I would have killed you. The donkey said to Balaam, am I not your donkey? on which you have ridden all your life long until today, was I ever in the habit of doing so to you? He said, no. Then Yahweh opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw Yahweh's angel standing in the way with his sword drawn in his hand, and he bowed his head and fell on his face. Yahweh's angel said to him, why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out as an adversary, because your way is perverse before me. The donkey saw me and turned away before me these three times. Unless she had turned away from me, surely now I would have killed you and saved her alive. Balaam said to Yahweh's angel, I have sinned, for I didn't know that you stood in the way against me. Now therefore, if it displeases you, I will go back again. Yahweh's angel said to Balaam, Go with the men, but you shall only speak the word that I shall speak to you. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak, when Balak heard that Balaam had come, he went out to meet him to the city of Moab, which is on the border of the Arnon, which is in the utmost part of the border. Balak said to Balaam, didn't I earnestly send you to summon you? Why didn't you come to me? Am I not able to indeed promote you to honor? Balaam said to Balak, behold, I have come to you. Have I now any power at all to speak anything? I will speak the word that God puts in my mouth. Balaam went with Balak, and they came to Kiriath Huzoth. Balak sacrificed cattle and sheep and sent to Balaam and to the princes who were with him. In the morning, Balak took Balaam and brought him up into the high places of Baal, and he saw from there part of the people. <coughs> Excuse me. In the last 40 years, the Israelites have done some pretty great things. Now, they've only done it because the Lord's done it through them, but they, they've completely destroyed the Egyptian empire. You remember? We did covered that in the book of Exodus. But they've since come out. They've defeated the Amalekites in battle. They defeated the king of Arad, a Canaanite king. And now they've come around and they've defeated Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, the king of Bashan, completely. So now Moab is the next country They've conquered Sihon and Og, which are right next to Moab, and he, King of Moab is terrified because he knows what they've done to Egypt, to the Amorites, and to Bashan. So he decides that obviously there's something spiritual going on, so he's going to attack in a spiritual way by cursing them. So he goes to hire Balaam. Now Balaam, we don't know much about Balaam except for what's in the Bible. And Balaam apparently has a bit of a reputation of being someone who, whatever he says, comes to pass. So if he blesses someone, they're blessed. If he curses someone, they're cursed. And they want him to come and curse this people. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, now, before I tell you about Balaam, you know, there's always critics of the Bible. Now, critics, of course, Every, you know, there's people who are trying to prove the Bible wrong at every point. So some people have raised a criticism here and they've said, you know, 
this couldn't have been written by Moses because how could Moses have known all the things that were going on with the king of Moab, with Balaam and with Balak? Well, it's simple. <laughs> because after they defeated Moab, which hasn't happened yet, they um, conquered them and they got their hands on their people. They got their hands on all their archives and all their records and they found out what happened. Simple. And that's the reason why even today, you know, we know so much about, say, what Hitler was doing in World War II. You know, if we had written it at the exact time that it was going on, you know, the Allies didn't know what was going on with Hitler, but since World War II, we know. Well, Moses was there. They defeated the Moabites. He knew what was going on. And so they got their hands on that information and he simply wrote it down. It's not that complicated. But there's a lot of people that are always trying to prove that Moses didn't write the first five books of the Bible. In my experience, there's, there's always going to be a skeptic, but time after time after time, the Bible proves itself true. But the Lord, in his great wisdom, always leaves a few things unproven because he wants people to trust him. And so there's always going to be some things like, you know, Noah's Ark not discovered, or there's always going to be some things like that and that allows for people to trust him. If you're wondering about Noah's Ark, by the way, I've made a whole video on it, uh, a Toby talk about Noah's Ark. You can go and have a look for that. So that's how Moses knew these details, because after they conquered the Moabites, they were able to um, you know, talk to people who knew what was going on. They were able to get their hands on things that the Moabites had written down. They found out what had happened. <coughs> so, Balak sends a delegation to Balaam and basically says to him, we know that if you curse people, they're really cursed. I need you to come and curse these people. Balaam prays to God. Now, he's not a worshipper of God, but somehow he knows God. He knows who God is and he, he seeks God through divination. So he doesn't seek God in the way that God's supposed to be sought. He seeks God through witchcraft type practices. But God says to him, do not go with them because they are blessed. See, God's really black and white. So he says to them, I can't go with you. And they leave and they go back to the king of Moab. But the king of Moab is determined and he sends back basically more significant people with greater rewards and basically says, come on, can we change your mind by offering you more? This time, because um, Balaam says, well, let's see if God has anything else to say. Now, what's going on here is Balaam already knows what God has said, but he's just so enticed by the rewards that he's hoping God will change his mind. Now, you notice what happens. God says to him, all right, go with them, but don't say anything I don't tell you to say, but then God sends an angel to kill him. So God isn't actually wanting him to go. God's just conceding because of his evil desire. And then the angel tries to kill him and we have the whole thing with the talking donkey and that's a, a fascinating story and I'm not going to say much about that. But a lot of people have, have commented on the talking donkey for years. And then finally, after the talking donkey, he has this one other conversation with the Lord and he realises at that point that God is so angry, God wants to kill him. And he says to God, I'll turn back if you want me to. But God says, you can go with them, but only say what I say. Now, at this point, he should have turned back. 
even though the Lord said, you can go with them if you want to, he, he should have not wanted to. The problem was that he wanted to. And so he, he basically is so greedy for gain, he wants material gain, and he doesn't care about what the Lord wants. The Lord doesn't want him to go, he doesn't care. So this is a man that, um, that basically is determined to do what he wants. And um, so we've got two things going on here. We've got a man who, whose heart loves what's wrong. He loves greedy gain. And that, that's why ultimately sin is really what we love, not what we do. Because as we're going to read later on in the next few chapters, Balaam is really meticulous about only saying what God wants him to say. But his heart is so evil and far from the Lord He's evil through and through, even though the things he says are good. But the other thing that's worthy of note out of this chapter is that the donkey speaks. The Lord opened the mouth of the donkey and the donkey was able to talk. And um, I think it's, it's notable here that um, if the Lord would use a donkey, um, he could use anything. And... Um, some people feel that because the Lord has spoken through them, you know, sometimes people get a prophetic word, you know, in church life and they, they feel like they're so important because they've got a prophetic word. Um, well, we see right here that, that God would use a donkey to speak. And um, we also see with Balaam that he spoke God's words too in the coming chapters, but he was evil. So we've got examples here in this whole story of Balaam and the donkey of God using both evil people and animals to talk. And what we can learn from this is that when the Lord uses us for a task, it's got nothing to do with how good we are. It's got nothing to do with whether we're capable, whether we're intelligent, or whether we're even a human. But what it has got to do with is the glory of God. And so if God chooses you, quite likely, it's because you're, you're not the best choice. And um, over the years, the Jews have struggled, not all of them, but at times Jewish people have struggled with pride because they felt that they were the chosen people. They were more important than others. But the, the, the law in particular is very, very clear that God didn't choose the Jews because they were the best people. He chose them because they were the least. They were the least likely to be chosen. It was through the Jews that God would get the most glory. And the result, the conclusion that we come to from all of this is that if God chooses you to use you in any way, it's because you're not a good choice. And I'm, I'm really aware of that. The Lord's used me for things and I realize he could have chosen a lot better people than me. And, um, but in the end, what, what we've got to offer him is our willingness and to maintain a humble attitude which says, Lord, I need you. I need you. I'm not good enough to do this on my own, but I'm, it's because I'm not capable that you've chosen me and therefore I have to depend on you and get your help to do the thing that you need me to do. Heavenly Father, you've called us all. You've chosen us all. And it's not because we're good. It's not because we're worthy. It's not because we're intelligent or wise or strong or the best or because we've got it all together. Or, But it's because we're nothing. That You've chosen the weak things of this world, the scriptures say, to confound the wise. 
Lord, forgive us for thinking we were special because we were chosen. And just like this donkey, help us to say the things you want us to say. Help us to say them faithfully. Help us to represent Christ faithfully. Lord, if a donkey can do it, we can do it if we have your help. I ask you to give us your help. In Jesus' name, amen. 